The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Natural healing is an evolving field with new discoveries coming forward every day. Join us to find out more about the products and methods that will work for you. Welcome to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, a program with honest information and straightforward talk that will help you take control of your health. Now, here's your host, Howard Strauss. Greetings. Greetings, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, This is Howard Strauss, The Power of Natural Healing. And today we have with us uh, a, a great good friend of mine. I flatter myself that he's a good friend of mine, uh, uh, Dr. Doug Halstead. Uh, Doug is has a uh, Doug. May I call you Doug? Sure, I can. Okay, that, great. Yeah. Um, Doug has a uh, um, has a, a practice in Monterey, um, pedi- pediatric, mostly pediatric uh, practice, um, and and um he is one of those great and wonderful rare commodities uh in the medical world he's a person who thinks who listens who watches observes and draws conclusions from what he actually sees uh rather than uh, rather than from the pharmaceutical company propaganda machine um Doug is uh he he's got lots of lots of good credentials uh, he he became uh, board certified in pediatrics twice Twice? Why twice? Hmm. Well, we'll because, have to, we'll, yeah, we'll have to discuss to, that uh, one. Recertify. So. Oh, recertify. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's board certified in holistic medicine, which is already a huge departure for most doctors. Um, he, he did a residency from <clears throat> from 1984 to 87 at L.A. County Hospital. Partnered with Kaiser for 10 years. Private practice for 10 years. And um, he's had his own office for two years, and that itself is an interesting um, an interesting story as well. Uh, Doug became interested in treating autistic children in 2008 uh, from an from a holistic standpoint uh, because uh, because of the tremendous rise. As you know, as a pediatrician, he will he, he is bound to see many many children nowadays with uh, with autism. That was a great rarity uh, only uh, 20 or 30 years ago. Um, so so uh, we're going to talk about this horrible epidemic. It's literally an epidemic nowadays of autism in this country. When I was a kid, I think it was probably one in 50,000. Today, it's, uh, it's, it's higher than one in a hundred children get autism at some point. Um, Doug, welcome. Welcome on the program, and I'm really glad to uh, be able to have this discussion with you. Well, thanks for having me on, Howard. I sure appreciate it. Uh, Doug, you've uh, you become um, you become very familiar with uh, with a lot of holistic uh, a lot of autistic children. Um, could you describe your your experience of of seeing seeing more and more of these children? Yeah, well, the great thing was uh, back when I was doing my residency in eighty four to eighty seven. I was 
you know, I, you read the text and you're going to see one kid in about 10,000. I figured, oh, well, I'll see one kid in 10,000 and I'll probably miss the diagnosis. And so I won't have to worry about it. So I was really comfortable with that. And there, there are quite a number of things that are just like that. But I don't mind missing one diagnosis. However, now we've just got this plethora of um, kids that are becoming autistic. Some of them are born autistic and some of the kids become autistic and it's just become a huge flood. Right now I'm seeing over, um, I think, about 30 patients that are all uh, at one time or another been diagnosed as having autism. But, so if uh, that was if that was really uh, the, the, what what your statistics would have indicated back in medical school, that would indicate a patient pool of about uh, three hundred thousand children. Yep. Yeah. It's, um, it's just but gigantic. It's, but it's now. not. Yeah, um, it's, it's gigantic so, now, as opposed to uh, when I was in residency or when I was in medical school. So what exactly really, what exactly uh, is autism according to the medical uh, definition? Well, the medical definition of autism is that it is a uh, psychiatric disorder. And it uh, originally was put together by a guy named Leo Kanner back in the 40s and 50s. And um, his uh, insights were that, oh, it, it appears that it's the mother's fault because these mothers are refrigerator mothers. They can't hold their children, and the kids uh, are unable to accept love and receive love. So from the 40s and 50s on, we were wandering, wandering around with the diagnosis that said, yeah, these kids are just... Um, really victims of their mothers because the moms can't hold them. Um, that, um, and it, it stayed in the psychiatric milieu um, so that um, if we make a diagnosis of autism nowadays, you need a developmental pediatrician or you need a, uh, like a pediatric neurologist or you need a developmental specialist to make the diagnosis or you need a psychiatrist. Um, a psychiatrist, but now it was my impression, however, that uh, that that autism had to do with with uh, the with the with the stimuli coming in being so magnified and distorted that the child is the child is overwhelmed by uh, by 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 stimuli by by physical stimuli it coming into their brain. Ways, Howard, um, some of the kids don't respond to stimuli at all, and some of the kids are responding to uh, minute stimuli, whether it's, um, oh, you know, some something in their food. It might be colorers. It might be um, the fluorescent lights. There are all kinds of things that can really zap these kids, and it will, you know, it'll essentially help shut them down. But that's what you're seeing, but the diagnosis, at least from a conventional medical standpoint, is you're dealing with a psychiatric diagnosis. So, so basically, they're saying the brain is perfectly okay, but it's been influenced in some way by situational uh, situational problems, and the child has been influenced that way and have become has become autistic. Right, you got it. Oh, that's nuts. Uh, well, pardon me, pardon me. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I'm sorry it's pretty, it's pretty if I, I I'm not I'm I'm making a diagnosis myself, aren't I? Yeah, shame. <laughs> um, what what do you what is your based on what you've seen and what your um what what your experiences with these children? Well, uh, what is what is your um what is your take on it? Well, I think they're nuts. So what's wrong with these kids? <laughs> I think the people that have made that diagnosis are nuts. To put it in a <laughs> so, so in other words, my diagnosis and diagnosis was not all that far off. Good, yeah, um, okay. to put it in the psychiatric <laughs> realm, um, because of 
what we've seen from the 40s and 50s is uh, exquisitely short-sighted, and it's it's done a, a major disorder, uh, disservice to the autism community. First of all, it isn't the mothers that were refrigerator mothers. That was pretty much disproven by a guy named uh, Bernard Rimland back in the 60s. He, has, he had a son who was autistic, and he really looked at it. You know, we can always blame our mothers, and that's exactly what Leo Kanner did. Um, but there was something very interesting about Leo Kanner's uh, work. Eight of the 11 kids that he originally looked at show that they were having GI problems, that they were having uh, neurological problems, um, that their immune systems were all upset. And that really hasn't been picked up by the conventional medicine. Uh, what my findings are in, in the kids that I'm working with are, yeah, their immune systems are shot, um, their GI tracts are a mess, and, uh, yeah, they've got all these other things, but um, sometimes you're looking at core issues when you're looking at GI tract. Um, autism with the uh, immunologic issues, and uh, it looks like we've got kids that have brains that are inflamed. Yeah, well, Another, in, inflamed brains. Yeah. And, and so, and so, do you have uh, do you have any uh, speculation or any knowledge or any data as to what might cause these various different uh, uh, these various mm-hmm. different symptoms? Yeah, I realize you know I'm no longer speaking from conventional medicine. I'm looking uh, a lot from um, researchers, good researchers, they have their degrees, but they're really looking at it from a different standpoint. But the stuff that's coming out, actually, at Johns Hopkins is one place. They actually have a um, they have a, a bank of uh, children who have died from um, natural causes who were either autistic or normal. And uh, Johns Hopkins actually looked at brains, and they were shown to be inflamed uh, on the autistic kids. The normal mm-hmm. kids are not having brains that are inflamed. But what you're looking at is an inflammatory response to something. Now, the question is, where in the world is this inflammatory uh, response coming from? And it looks like um, from the stuff that's coming in from the researchers, we're looking at either too much of something or too little of something. Um, another way of saying it is we're looking at... Or, or both, maybe. Well, it's probably both. You know, you've got a, a combination of those. Another way of saying it is you've got toxicities and you've got deficiencies. And of course, uh, the yeah, toxicity yeah, will well, actually that, staff the deficiencies. We've, uh, you know, uh, we at the, uh, uh, we, we at the, who, who, who believe in the Gerson therapy mm-hmm. are, are, um, uh, are, are convinced that almost all chronic, uh, or incurable diseases are, are caused by some form of, cro- of chronic, uh, toxicity and deficiency and a buildup over the years until it becomes, uh, overwhelming right. to the immune system. So, so uh, that's a very, that's a very holistic uh, approach. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird, huh? It's it's kind of weird, and I, I'm sure you've run into problems from that, haven't you? Um, yeah, sometimes you can't even initiate a conversation in that regards. Um, you know, the medical community sees it, but they really um, would have a very difficult time to find root causes. Um, the Gerson therapy, of course, looks at, at years and years of of um, maybe toxicities or deficiencies, whereas uh, in autism you're seeing it very early on. And what we're, what we're feeling is happening is we're really looking at generational issues where it wasn't just your mother's um, deficiencies or toxicities. You're also looking at your grandmother's deficiencies or toxicities. Well, of so, course, we are, we are seeing uh, considerable problems with... Uh, are, you're familiar with the book uh, Pottinger's Cats, 
Well, I don't know if it's a book, but it was a study by Pottinger. Yes, right? it was, he, there was a book. Uh, he, he made a book out of it. Yeah. And and uh, that that Francis Pottinger uh, discovered that by feeding cats uh, processed foods rather than raw uh, meat that they were that they were intended to uh, to eat, in other words, their natural diet, yeah. uh, that he could uh, that that the cats literally degenerated over the course of four generations uh, to the point where they were their their dentition, their fur, their uh, reproductive efficiency, their, everything, their immune systems uh, deteriorated to the point where they eventually could not produce a fifth generation. So you're saying uh, that's cats. Bad. So, so it's very, very, very uh, similar to what you're describing. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's what we think is going on right now with our kids. We've we've finally come to the point of Pottinger's cats. We're looking at generational issues with our children, and now we're having the joys and privileges of of suffering from it. Yeah, the joys and privileges. Uh, so, so let me ask you this: I mean, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of speculation recently, and a lot of correlation um, uh, posited. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, we're, I'm going to have. I'm going to. We're going to have to. I'm sorry. I got carried away here. We're, we're going to have to save this uh, this discussion. Uh, of, of um, uh, mercury and uh, vaccinations until after the break because we've got a break coming up in just a very uh, just a very few seconds here. All right, I'll hold on. <laughs> Thanks. Um, this is the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss, uh, and we're we're having a fascinating uh, discussion with uh, with Doctor uh, Doug Hulstead of Monterey, um, a pediatrician who's uh, seeing a lot of uh, children with autism. Um, uh, we're we're uh, we're brought to you by the uh, by the Gerson Health Media, GersonMedia.com, and the Gerson Institute, Gerson.org, um, champions of uh, of natural healing and holistic uh, holistic health. Um, also, a very interesting story from Doug about that. Um, we'll be back right after the break. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Power of Natural Healing with your host, Howard Strauss. To be a part of our discussion this week, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at gersonmedia.com. And now, back to The Power of Natural Healing. Uh, welcome back, everybody. This is Howard Strauss, The Power of Natural Healing, brought to you by gersonmedia.com. The Gerson, Gerson Health Media. Um, we're on the line with uh, Dr. Doug Holstead of Monterey, uh, a pediatrician who's um, who's mostly who's very interested in treating uh, autism holistically and has a, a patient load of about thirty children, um, autistic children, uh, which is a which is a horrible comment because that that alone says that there's a tremendous incidence of uh, of autism in our culture. Um, and we were just getting off. I, I, I was so fascinated with what uh, Dr. Holstead was saying that we that I almost missed the break here. It was uh, he's, he's a fascinating and very erudite, very educated uh, and open-minded physician. Uh, something you don't find very often. I was quite surprised when I first met him. Um, it's. Uh, <laughs> I was surprised and, to meet you, actually. <laughs> and now, and now, I actually uh, I flatter myself to consider you my friend. So, uh, um, uh, thank you for coming on and uh, sharing this uh, this information with people, Doug. Um, we were about. I was about to ask you a question uh, about the, uh, the the inflammation of the gut and the inflammation of the brain and other and other organs uh, that uh, that that might. Or might not have anything to do with uh, thimerosal uh, or, or methylmercury uh, in vaccine, vaccines, uh, as well as the other components of vaccines, such as uh, squalene, aluminum, uh, live uh, genetically modified viruses, and so forth. Um, what is your take on that? What is your take on on the the tremendous load of vaccines that children are now required to take before they're two? Well, you've got about um, you know fifteen questions in all of that. So <laughs> Great, yeah. I'll, I'll, take, I'll, I'll split it up a little bit for you. Have um, at it. Have at it. <laughs> uh, Nineteen ninety seven was uh, when I was doing uh, all of the CDC's recommendations for um, vaccination and. Uh, and then there was a report out from the American Academy of Pediatrics that thought it was really swift, and they said, oh, we're going to take thimerosal out of the uh, vaccines. And when I heard that, I thought, what's, what's thimerosal? What's thimerosal? And then I, <laughs> and, you know, and I started looking it up. I thought, my gosh, they got mercury in this stinking stuff that I've been giving my kids. It was the most <laughs> shocking thing for me in the world to realize that we'd had mercury in our vaccine um, the vaccines that we were giving on a regular basis, and it was it, it astounded me that we would have anything like that in our vaccines. Um, they've well, why is that? Taking, why is that, Doug? Well, mercury is is a known neurotoxin, and it's uh, it's a poison, and you don't really want to put poisons in the things that you're injecting into people. And I was just thinking, you know, maybe that's not the wisest thing in the universe to do. But the other thing is, I don't think I was the only person in the universe that was saying. What's thimerosal? 
I have a suspicion that there were probably 80,000 pediatricians across the United States that were saying the same thing. What the heck is thimerosal? We so nobody, nobody, it was being injected in large amounts into these infants we didn't even uh, as, know. Young, as young as two months old. Yeah, and, oh, maybe even younger, particularly the hepatitis B vaccine when it was uh, given at birth. Now, so, now, correct me if I'm wrong. It's my <clears throat> it's my information that although um, mercury, mineral mercury, the, the metallic mercury, is the most toxic non-radioactive metal that there is, and it's a powerful, powerful neurotoxin, that methyl mercury or or uh, uh, um, you know, what organic mercury is a hundred times as uh, as toxic. Is that correct? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Methyl and ethyl has been the big discussion in the dental community, which we can certainly talk about a little later. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's not good for us. You know, read the bottom line. Forget this. It's bad for you. This is not good. And sticking it in some kid is not good either. Um, using it as infant. probably a preservative and maybe an adjuvant isn't, isn't very wise either. Um, my view on the vaccines has, has changed dramatically over the years, and it's that... Um, we're, if, let, the, the example I give my parents, uh, uh, for better or worse, is let's pretend I come up to you on the street and I start shoving you on the chest. I'm physically provoking you. Now, I don't know what you're gonna do about it. You may take a swing at me, you may break down and cry like a baby. You may run the other way, call the police, get on a blog and say, can't believe what this idiot did to me today. I'm not sure what your response is going to be, but that's what happens with the physical provocation. When I am giving vaccines, I'm immunologically provoking the system. And I don't think there's a doctor in the world today that knows what the immune cascade is going to be on any particular child. There may be, but I doubt it. Uh, just because the two most complicated systems in the entire human body are the neurological system and the immune system. Um, it, it's it's foolhardy to think that you can get away with blasting kids with these immune um, provocations and expect that everything's going to turn out just hunky dory. That's well, let me feeling. let me ask you this. I mean, shouldn't shouldn't that have been um, thoroughly tested and documented before they started giving it to children, giving it to infants on a grand <laughs> I, scale? I, I think what happens. I, I know what's happened with me is I was listening to the voice of authority. I was listening to CDC. I was listening to AAP, and they said everything's fine. And these are very smart people. In fact, if you listen to them, you say, "Gosh, these guys really know what they're talking about." So you, you say, "Well, I want to go with the guys." Sir, really knowing what they're talking about so it must be okay well but have they been tested no that was a that's a minor question howard um, um, a, what, a what it's just a, a what? minor question a minor no, they question haven't, they haven't been thoroughly tested we're giving we're giving uh, millions upon millions of of infants children at their earliest of developmental stages when when a very small perturbation can can work into a huge uh a, a huge delta in the future yeah. Yeah. and and uh and and you say they have not been thoroughly tested could you elaborate on that what, what sure. how, um, how, how thoroughly have, have they been tested Andy Wakefield how, how uh, thoroughly have they been is tested? A, a physician out of um, the UK. He has essentially been thoroughly pilloried, and I think he actually lost his license because of a particular study that he um, put together. It was on uh, MMR. And his conclusion was that there's every possibility that the MMR vaccine was actually provoking an, um, a, um, an autism reaction in the children that he was seeing. Um, he's continued to go on, and he actually looked at um, hepatitis B vaccine, which actually in a lot of hospitals in the country is given at birth. Yes. Um, and uh, 
he, I don't think he was directly involved with it, but he at least gave some direction to it. He, the, sometimes these double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled studies, um, you have to really look at the question that's being asked, and it's one of the problems with these double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled studies. You have to actually figure out if the question you're asking is the right question. Anyway, his question was, what happens when you give hepatitis B vaccine? Um, he put together, or the the study actually put together, um, um, uh, a scenario of giving the vaccines the way they are normally given to humans. In the case of the study, they used macaw mon- monkeys. What they found was that the macaw monkeys actually stopped feeding for about seven days at birth, which in the wild would have killed them. Um, that study... Um, isn't very well known in the medical community, and uh, I think it was out of the University of Pittsburgh. But it's one of those questions that sometimes people have forgotten to ask, is this something that's actually good for us? Um, that that becomes problematic. You know, or bad. Or, or even bad, yeah. And, and, and so what happened to him when, uh, when he came up with, with, that, with uh, conclusions that vaccines tested badly? Um, well, he has since uh, been, I, I don't know what happens, uh, defrocked from the medical community in Great Britain. He's um, still doing um, uh, research here in the United States, but in Great Britain, where he actually got his medical license, he actually became defrocked. He did, he'd, uh, published the study in Lancet. As far as I know, um, the study is still solid, and the, the conclusions are still solid, but he really got pilloried. And I do think that there is this extraordinary interface with the medical community and the pharmaceutical industry. There's got to be a lot of money in vaccines um, because um, the vaccine companies have something known as uh, there's a no-lose situation for them. They can produce it, but they don't have to worry about the side effects. Well, because because they, they are the only, the only industry that has uh, absolutely no product liability. Right, it's actually uh, kind of convenient. You kind of like to have no product liability if you're going to make a product like that. That's going to that's going to kill and injure and uh, and and destroy lives. Right. Of course you of course you want that. But 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 let's go back and find out uh, how about the how about the, the the vaccine manufacturer and the FDA. I'd like to you know we're, we're coming up on a break now, but on the other side of the break, I would like you to to describe to me the the studies that the drug companies and the FDA did on the vaccines before they approved them for uh, for uh, application to infants. Uh, on a grand scale of, you know, in terms of uh, applying them to millions upon millions of children, um, and, uh, and, and, and in combination with many other vaccines uh, that the children are also required to take. I think it's a total of 38 before they're two years old. Right. Well, they so, actually have, they have studies on individual va- vaccines and, um, they've actually had to pull a few of the vaccines out. They found out that there was an increased incidence of, uh, uh, seizures with the MMRV vaccine, which was a, a uh, super combo, mumps, measles, rubella, and varicella. So they actually pulled, have not, uh, they're no longer recommending that. But they're not. Uh, I, I'll have to interrupt here just for a moment because uh, we're coming right up on another break. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I, but but keep that in mind. I want to I want to talk about testing and uh, and about the results when you go against the um, uh, the medical paradigm. Um, and the drug companies, uh, as you have in your practice, in, in your practice at one point, um, and, or more than one point, 
uh, I'd like to uh, I'd like to discuss the ramifications of that. You're on the you're on the uh, uh, the Voice America. Uh, health and Wellness Channel. Uh, this is Howard Strauss, uh, The Power of Natural Healing. And we're talking with uh, Dr. Doug Hulstead uh, of Monterey, a pediatrician who has, uh, who has devoted himself to studying, um, to studying autism among his uh, uh, pediatric patients. Um, fascinating discussion, fascinating man, um, uh, and a good friend. So um, we'll be back on the other side of the break with The Power of Natural Healing, uh, brought to you by Gerson Health Media and uh, the Gerson Institute. That's gersonmedia.com and gerson.org, gerson.org. Um, please come back and, uh, let's, uh, and let's continue this discussion with Dr. Holstead on the other side of the break. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Power of Natural Healing with your host, Howard Strauss. To be a part of our discussion this week, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at gersonmedia.com. And now, back to The Power of Natural Healing. Welcome back to the Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss. I'm Howard Strauss. We're um, we're talking with uh, with Doug Hulstead, um, a, a, a pediatrician uh, from Monterey and a good friend of mine. He's uh, he's dedicated himself to treating uh, autistic children um, holistically and uh, to to stay closer to nature and and look for the underlying cause of uh, of the distress that uh, some of these children and families are under. And it's terrible, terrible distress. And uh, and to relieve it, um, Doug. We were talking before the break uh, on about uh, about uh, testing, 
of these uh, of these vaccines, long long term testing of these vaccines. Um, I, I read in um, the, the book by uh, Dr. Brad Case, uh, Thugs, Drugs, and the War on Bugs, uh, I read that these vaccines um, have not ever been uh, tested long-term on the population that they hope to uh, use them on, is that, or, or, or well, in the way that they've been, been to apply them. Long-term. We've been doing long-term testing for the last 40 years, but we have um, uninformed consent. So, so what you're saying is we've been testing them on, on uh, uh, we've been testing them on populations uh, without without knowing that they're that they're under test that they're being tested. Right, right. It's kind of the same deal with the flu vaccine. Every year we're doing a new scientific test, but we're not really telling people that we're doing a new scientific test. You're telling them that you, here is a t- here is a safe product, and we're we're using it to help you out. Instead of saying we're testing this uh, unknown thing on you to see if uh, to see if it does any good. Well, that that's um, kind of that's a cynical that's a cynical approach, don't you think? Well, I I, I think we know much less than we think we know, and uh, sometimes just knowing what you don't know is a much better position to be in. Mm-hmm. And we don't even know what we don't know. <laughs> well, you wow. Uh, that's yeah. that's a that's a that's a kind of a doubly removed from reality kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, a, um, it's kind of a but, dangerous. But, but how about the, there, there's an HPV vaccine now that uh, that that girls apparently in California, Governor Brown has just signed a, a bill. Uh, because there's so much resistance to this vaccine that has proven deadly and and uh, has injured many many uh, young women, and has also uh, has a polysorbate 80, which long term causes sterility. Uh, there's been so much resistance to that that uh, by by parents that the governor uh, apparently was just lobbied into uh, signing a bill allowing um, schools and doctors to give this vaccine to to girls without parental consent or knowledge. So in other words, if the child is then damaged by that, uh, the parent still has to bear responsibility because of the no uh, no, no, no product liability uh, thing that the uh, vaccine manufacturers enjoy. So the parents still have to bear responsibility in the expense of it, of medical treatment or maybe a dead child. Um, but they they have no control. They have no. I mean, they 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 don't even have as much control as they'd have to have for a, a trip to the museum, which requires parental consent. Right. I know in the state of California in general, there are um, <coughs> allowances for conscience, uh, philosophy, and a religious um, um, reason. Oh, this uh, is a nationwide, actually. Well, there are about 48 out of the 50 states where you can uh, claim a religious um, abstention from right. vaccination, right? Um, which is actually pretty good. I don't know what 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 two states there are. I do know um, there one example of, of uh, issues with uh, vaccines was uh, uh, one practitioner in the community was uh, giving a very measured group of vaccines over um, a childhood. Uh, it was a military family, and then they moved to um, uh, Maryland, where the kid, uh, the the person that saw them, said, "Oh my gosh, you're way behind on all your vaccines." And uh, they gave the child about um, six vaccines. And now, realizing that this child was totally normal previously, um, after the child 
received the six vaccines, roughly about two weeks later, the child became autistic. Oh, my gosh. So um, that that seems to um, kind of indicate that maybe there could be a causal relationship, and I, I tend to get that from my parents of kids who are in the regressive autistic category. Uh, I think we talked a little bit before. There are some kids that are just born autistic. Uh, they're just something odd about them from the very beginning. They can't uh-huh. relate to anybody. Uh-huh. Um, that's the minority, but there is also a majority of children that um, seem to have a regressive autism. Um, and a, on a good number of those kids, you keep getting the same story in regards to, yeah, my kid was normal, he had a lot of ear infections, he had a lot of colds, he may have had diarrheas, but he was um, he was normal. And then at a certain point in his life, he, he regressed. And when I hear that, oftentimes I'm hearing the same same story over again, where they got quite a group of vaccines around 12 to 15 months of age. And and that's when they started regressing. Um, um, yeah. Dr. Mendelssohn, in uh, Confessions of a Medical Heretic, um, uh, I think I think he he said that um, that sudden infant death syndrome was uh, was very much connected to uh, the application of vaccines to infants as well. He said that um, 80% of the sudden infant death syndrome uh, children had been vaccinated within 36 hours before. Um, um, you know, I haven't heard that, although I have heard a rumor in regards to Japan um, delaying their vaccines to age two years of age and the incidence of SIDS. Uh, again, this is a rumor that I'm just spreading. But no, no I, it's, it's not a rumor because I've heard that same thing. Yeah, I'd that when, like when, they, when they when they looked so, saw that same information, they they delayed the onset of uh, vaccines until after two, which is, which makes a lot more sense because after all, the, doesn't the immune system not even develop to the point where they can respond to uh, to, to challenges until after uh, after weaning? Um. That's partially true. You get a, a partial um, immune response, but it, it's, um, yeah, it, 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 at least it's partially true. Um, well, wouldn't got, that, wouldn't that make, I mean, so it makes a lot more sense to wait until after, it makes a lot more sense to wait until after they've been weaned. And then, so so the, the Japanese, uh, they, they they saw the information about uh, about the, the connection with sudden infant death syndrome, and they said, okay, we want to do away with SIDS. And uh, and so they stopped the vaccines, and their SIDS problem essentially disappeared. Uh, again, that's the rumor I've heard, but I haven't seen the paper on it. Right, right. Yeah, so I'm very curious when I can actually see that information. Um, but, yeah, I, I've heard that. So I, I, I don't know if it's true. I've just heard the rumor. And I actually had one mother who promised me that she was going to get me that data. Um, now, the other interesting thing is just actually listening to parents is sometimes uh, is is sometimes fascinating for us doctors. We the the old saying uh, I think it probably came from Yogi Berra. Um, he said, "I wouldn't have seen it if I hadn't believed it." Yeah, right. Um, so oftentimes, even if you hear things from parents, you don't really believe it until you uh, you don't see it until you actually believe it. So sometimes, right, right. just the way our perceptions are really changes what's going on well that, that that's absolutely true um there there are some interesting uh, studies on that because uh, some of you know the in the early indian populations when they saw the you know the, the ships coming in from the sea um most of the people could not see the ships because they had never nothing in their 
nothing in their experience prepared their minds for seeing something like that, so the mind just blanked it out. Right. right. Oh, oh, another great example is, um, and this is, you know, comes a little closer to science, actually. I think in the 1950s, people were counting up the chromosomes. Mm-hmm. And uh, for about five years there, um, everybody was counting up 48 chromosomes in the human genome. And then some dumb um, graduate student came up with the idea that maybe there were actually 46 chromosomes, and everybody had to go back and start counting the number of chromosomes all over again. And sure enough, it's actually 46 that us humans are wandering around with. And it's because, well, obviously they're 48. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait a minute, maybe we should count it right this first time. And that's, you know, that's pretty raw numbers. If you if you can't even get the number of the genes right, oh my heavens! Tough, but it, it has to do with what our perception of what reality is. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's very difficult to very difficult to uh, to to go against people's perception of reality right. Right. and try and convince them of a different reality. Yeah, um, and, it, my, and it and it threatens them too. It's a very threatening thing for them, and that and you 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 always end up uh, you know at the wrong end of a very angry uh, discussion when you try and challenge people's perception of reality. Right. You and I have talked about it before. It's really because we're dealing with a conflict of paradigms. Uh, yeah. And whenever, first of all, you have to recognize that there are different paradigms that you're dealing with, and then you have to realize that there are, I guess, ways to approach a different paradigm and to see if it's internally consistent or not. Um, but it, we really are dealing with a, a difference in the, in the paradigms of what we're dealing with. So, anyway, and, that makes it and, and but people, but people base their lives on certain perceptions and paradigms. So, if they base their entire lives, careers, and and uh, and belief systems on that, and you challenge that. Uh, you, you know, you can be in the middle of a jihad. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's so, very so it's very to difficult with to someone do. that's uh, absolutely assured that he's right or she's right. Yeah, exactly. And 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 uh, and, and they have and they have all of the um, all the papers and all of the uh, publications and everything that prove that they're right, and they don't realize that they have been so corrupted that uh, that. That there's no no reality in anything that the publications uh, actually right. have either. Yeah, there, um, actually, there's a lot of data in regards to um, you know our finest medical journals, from New yeah. England Journal to Lancet to right, uh, right. Uh, who else is out? JP's Journal of Pediatrics, the one that I'm more familiar with. Um, there's a guy who is a I think he was a PhD in math. And his specialty was statistics, and um, he was looking specifically at the double-blinded, randomized, placebo-controlled studies that are published in those uh, erudite journals. What he found was that at least um, 70% of all those studies are fatally flawed. Yeah, exactly. And that's, Doug, we're going to have we're, gonna, uh, have, we're coming percentage. up on another break. Um, so, so hold on, hold on to that thought. I'd like to talk about studies in the in the remaining uh, ten minutes that we have after the break. It'll be a fairly uh, be, a, be a fairly short break. It, it's going pretty quick, hasn't it? Yeah, we're blasting, um, man. <laughs> um, it, it's been a real pleasure uh, uh, having this conversation. I really enjoy uh, uh, talking with you. Uh, this is the Power of Natural Healing uh, with Howard Strauss. I'm Howard Strauss, and we're on the line with uh, Dr. Doug Holstead of uh, Monterey, a, a holistic pediatrician. Actually, he's a he's a an actual real doctor. Um, not not even not even a holistic doctor, but he uses many holistic techniques uh, in his practice, and he's been sharing some of his insights and observations.
observations uh, in in uh, treating and treating the children of today who are uh, unusually and horribly sick uh, sometimes. Um, uh, we'll be we'll be back after the break. Uh, this uh, program is brought to you by the Gerson Institute, Gerson.org, and Gerson Health Media, uh, GersonMedia.org, the, the dot com, GersonMedia.com. Um, lots of good information on each of those websites. Tremendous amount you can learn, and um, and literature, and DVDs, and booklets, and information, and testimonials, and so forth. We recommend you uh, you check into them. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you on the other side of the break. This is Howard Strauss, The Power of Natural Healing. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Power of Natural Healing with your host, Howard Strauss. To be a part of our discussion this week, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to info at gersonmedia.com. And now, back to The Power of Natural Healing. Welcome back, everybody. The last segment. This is going to be a short segment. Um, we're on the line, uh, this is Howard Strauss, we're on the line with Dr. Uh, Doug Hulstead of Monterey, a pediatrician who's been treating uh, uh, autistic children uh, holistically, and, um, and and we've been uh, discussing his uh, experiences in uh, in the medical world, in, uh, in, the, in the medical world of Monterey, and in his own practice. Um, Doug, you were discussing the um, the, the flawed studies uh, in in most of the um, most of the medical journals, and you know my it is my it is my impression that the that the flaws are highly correlated with the sponsorship of these studies by by the by the pharmaceutical companies uh, and and the, and the financial and uh, and and um, advertising propaganda power that they have 
So, Howard, are you trying to tell me that if 100% of all of a uh, particular medical journal's expenses are covered by a pharmaceutical company, that we should be uh, looking at them with some modicum of uh, skepticism? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Well, you know, it, it, it's just a, just a random thought that kind of popped uh-huh. into my head. Yeah, that's very uh, strange. I may be I may be wrong, but uh, but if you you know if if your entire existence like depends on uh, pharmaceutical advertising um, and uh, and and pharmaceutical approval, pharmaceutical company approval and approval of comp- of an industry basically with multi trillion dollars in his pocket. Uh, sort of like uh, like the television networks and the uh, newspapers and uh, magazines uh, do, then you, you might you might tend to avoid the discussion of um, of, of problems with those industries. Um, yeah, I think there was a, a former editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. Uh, doctor, I think her name was last name was Angel, and she said, Marcia Marcia um, Angel. What was her What was her name? Marcia Angel. Yeah, she said she really felt that the uh, medical community was um, um, severely corrupted. impacted in <laughs> corrupted. I think was her word. Relationship that we have. Um, her, her her valedictory uh, article in the uh, editorial in the New England Journal of Medicine was titled "Is Academic Medicine for Sale." Uh, and of course, the the lengthy discussion that she had uh, concluded that absolutely it was for sale. It was total. It had been totally corrupted. That uh, uh, that that any any study of a pharmaceutical uh, that was uh, sponsored by a pharmaceutical company, um, part of that sponsorship came along with strings that said if it was uh, negative. Uh, it would not be published. It was the it was the property of the pharmaceutical company, so only positive stu- studies were published. Yeah, that does seem That's, to be problematic, doesn't it? Yeah, one would think so. Like so, in other words, uh, you know, half the airplanes they tested crashed, and uh, and but the only ones that are reported are the airplanes that flew. So. Um, that's you know which which airplane which airplane do you get on uh, do you get on the airplane that you don't know about <laughs> or the airplane that uh, that they say oh these these work these work fine so you you have no basis of making a rational choice and so doctors are doctors and patients of course are left totally in the dark yeah uh, that is kind of problematic um, <laughs> anyway we. Um, you know, we do have treatments for autistic kids, um, which is kind of shocking, but it's actually more from a, a nutritional standpoint. You actually try and reach into those kids with um, nutrition, and that really seems to make a, a huge difference. Uh, it's not its not the rule, but on one occasion particularly, I had told the uh, family to um, take their child off uh, cation and, dairy, uh, and wheat, and what had happened was the only thing they really did was they took the child off um, uh, casein, which is dairy, uh-huh. and the kid uh, no longer had autistic symptoms. It was one of the more shocking experiences I've had. I was really disappointed because they had all these modalities I was planning on treating, and it, um, his symptoms have essentially evaporated. Well, so 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 that kind of uh, uh, eliminated a patient. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer. <laughs> Maybe maybe that's uh, maybe that's uh, one of the motivations for other physicians to avoid uh, taking uh, treating things uh, holistically because it might actually cure them and then they'd lose their patients. Yeah, it's always a problem. It's, it's always a problem. Yeah, you hate to lose those like that. But 
you know, it happens. Um, anyway, it was it was a fascinating education for me. Um, usually, I'm I'm trying to um, bolster all kinds of vitamins and stuff on this particular child. I think the, uh, if if you look at the autism community, they they look at kids as uh, a group of puzzle pieces. And some of the kids have puzzle pieces that are maybe four puzzle pieces thick. Uh, those are unfortunately the exception. Most of the kids have 80 or 90 pieces that have to all be put together. And then there's some oh, kids boy. that may have like 800 different puzzle pieces that need to be put together. And those are the really tough ones. But on a few of these kids, it doesn't take a, a heck of a lot to make a huge difference. Um, and and how, many, how many of your colleagues actually uh, uh, treat patients the same way? Uh, well, there actually is a group of us, um, but not in Monterey. I'm, 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 I'm doing most of the, uh, at least the nutritional uh, therapies for anybody in, in the Monterey area. Um, but there is a group of uh, doctors. That, they used to be called Dan Doctors, but it's associated with Autism Research Institute. Um, and they're, um, they're probably a few hundred across the country. And they're using a lot of nutritional modalities and kind of reaching into the um, metabolism to make a major difference. To see what you, to see what you can do with uh, to, to solve the underlying problem. Right, right. Because well, that's really the only way to do it. You can't you can't really cover up or put a bandaid on uh, uh, on, on autism. No. Well, Ed, the other thing is that was interesting is Autism Research Institute did a very strange thing. They started talking to parents. Oh my! They asked, they, yeah, I know it's kind of scary, but they talked to the parents and they said, "Okay, so what worked? What didn't work? And what made it worse?" Uh, and they asked that for about sixty different modalities. Uh-huh. Um, no, there's no single modality out there that makes uh, a perfect difference. Um, but what was found that was very interesting was that almost none of the medicines worked well, uh, with the exception of some antifungals. Some of the antifungals uh-huh. actually make right, a big right. bang for the buck. Um, which would figure because a lot of the kids become very yeasty and they also start growing some um, particularly nasty bugs. Um, but the things that really seemed to make a difference were when you were starting to reach into the metabolism via nutritionals. And really that's Doug, what we are doing with nutritionals. That's, Doug, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's excellent information and, uh, thank you for sharing all of this. Uh, we're, we're coming up to the end of the show. Uh, any, any last couple of words? Uh, no, eat organic, I guess, would be what I'd recommend. Outstanding. Outstanding. Eat organic, folks. I mean, that goes for the parents as well as the children. Yeah, we just recently found out, Howard, that um, nerve gas is not good for us. <laughs> You're talking chemotherapy, yes? <laughs> no, I'm talking uh, conventional food. Conventional food. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah nerve gas. They're really nerve gas, so... Doug, it's been wonderful chatting with you, and thank you for spending this hour with me and taking the time to share with uh, with with my audience. It's uh, really, really excellent information, um, and um, and I, I you're you're a very brave uh, brave doctor to stand up for your um, for your your uh, patients and for your beliefs. There, it, it takes takes a lot to do that nowadays oh thank you kindly this is the power of uh, natural healing uh howard strauss and uh it brought to you by gerson health media and the gerson institute that's gersonmedia.com and gerson.org i strongly recommend that you go to these uh, sites for more information on the on the um, on the modalities and uh, mechanics of holistic healing
Um, I hope you join us next week. We're going to have um, wonderful medical journalist Helka Ferry on, uh, and she is very articulate and very intelligent and highly knowledgeable. Um, and she's from uh, Ontario, Canada. Uh, she'll be on The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss. We'll see you next week. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss. Please join us again next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until that time, have a healthy, happy week. We'll be right back.